Hey guys, Dr. Greg here. We just wrapped up recording today's episode and Eric and I did a deep dive into what can we add instead of take away because so many people when they think about being healthy is they're like, all right, what are they going to take away from me? So, so stay tuned. We're going to talk about water. We're going to talk about toothpaste. We're going to talk about healthy fats and a lot of actionable items. So stay tuned for episode. Here we go. Hey guys, Dr. Greg here, and we are back in the studio with Eric, and I'm excited for this episode because when most people think about getting healthy, the first thing that crosses their brain is, what do I have to give up, <laughs> right? What are my favorite things that I know that I know the doctor is going to say, you got to stop doing this, this, and this. So in today's episode, it's all about what do we call it? wellness by addition. So what are the things that you can add to maybe crowd out, but not take away. So if you are Mr. or Miss Deprivation, this one's for you. So, all right. So we that's had right. A, a fun list of things we're going to chat about today. And um, yeah, that's such a true thing. Like when people go on these like 30 day whatevers, it's all about like, they just feel like they've just sacrificed everything that they love in their life. And um, now we're not saying that it's not a good idea to do those things. What we have found clinically is when we add things and we get some little victories, then it's a lot easier to maybe, maybe take something away. Totally. Down the road, right? Totally. But you yeah. see a lot of comments uh, in our social about <laughs> people that are like, yeah, I'd like to do this, but I don't want to give up my, you know, fill in yeah. the blank. Yeah, it for might sure. Be. Yeah, food's probably the main one. Mm -hmm. um, there are other things. We got some people with a recent video about endocrine disruptors and telling people they have to give up their Febreze or even their aluminum containing deodorant. Right. So that was a, it's a hard one. I and, mean, and I have to, you know, let's speak to that for a second. Even that aluminum thing, right? I mean, like I have a wife and three girls and I get that you probably, you know, don't want to pit out on things. And, yeah. and, uh, and so like, I mean, at some point we have to be able to control what we can control and we right. have to like not lose sleep over other things. And in some cases, like you might be like, I don't care what he says, I'm putting the aluminum zirconium on my armpits because this situation is a must. Now, there might be 90% of other situations where you could use the natural deodorant and it'd be fine. So that's kind of this. We also have to talk about the all or nothing principle, right? Because some mm. people are like, if I don't do it 100%, it doesn't work or it, it wasn't good enough. And I think that we have to understand, like, so let's say that, just speaking of deodorant, for example, let's say that once a month you used the, the bad stuff as opposed to every day of the month. Yeah, huge. Right? It's better still, right? So, and I think that we have this personality sometimes that if it's not perfect, it's bad, especially if you're listening to this and you're like a perfectionist mindset and you're a doer and, and you're like, you can't even fathom what like a little bit off would look like. Yet yeah. again, sometimes we get to start there because the the sustainability is a conversation that needs to be had as well. So totally. yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, continue. Yeah, let's so let's go to uh, food since that's a big mm -hmm. one. So um, I mean, there's plenty of foods we've talked, we've done videos in the past about some of the stuff to kind of shift out of your diet. Yes. Like you were just talking about, maybe it's a little out of time. But what's, I'll put it this way, what's either one food I can add to my diet or maybe a small list of foods that I could add to my diet yeah. that might make a difference yeah. in a positive way? I, I hear you. So I think the lowest hanging fruit is drink more water. 
Um, it's free in most cases. Now, now here's the conversation of water, right? Well, which water is best? Um, just drink water for starters. Now, I'm not a huge fan of municipal waters. I'm not a fan of chlorine and fluoride in water, you know, but also what if they can't afford the $4,000 water system? Yeah. Go to Walmart or Target or Amazon and buy like a Brita filter. It's mm -hmm. better than nothing. And it costs like what? 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, remember that there's that mentality of where do I start? What is feasible and doable for me? So the first thing is just drink more water. I personally will tell you that many times when I think I'm hungry, the first, first, <clears throat> the first question I've asked myself or trained to ask myself is, am I just thirsty? Mm -hmm. And the second question I ask myself, or am I bored? <laughs> right? <Because laughs> totally. I just like to eat food. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely increasing water. Now, for people, that might be buying a nice water bottle. Like, uh, like for, you know, do you have a nice Yeti, for example, or, uh, by the way, Yeti, if you're listening to this, you, you should get a hold of us. You should really uh, be a part of what we do. I love your stuff. Um, shameless plug. Let's just put it there. Um, so having a nice water bottle, mm -hmm. you know, um, that you can carry with you, but then also that nice water bottle also helps you understand. I have a lot of patients that are like, how much water do you drink? They're like, oh, I drink a lot of water. And then I start to like have them dial in like, no, really how much water are you drinking? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I really don't know how much water I drink. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to, like, first, lowest hanging fruit, cheapest thing to do, add more water. Now, you guys see me, you know, on, on these podcasts with coffee or Zevia, because I get to the point, too, where I'm like, I don't want to drink more water. I do drink a lot of water. I have a lovely Yeti that's full of stickers, and, and I love things that are, but are, like, for example, I like the fizz of... Of, of like a seltzered water or a Zevia or a, a LaCroix type thing. Um, but water's for sure the first thing that they can do. The other thing that I would encourage people to add would be like a healthy fat. Mm. Like go find a way to put a healthy fat into your diet. Um, and some of it might be a this for that type conversation. So for example, like I love me a good, big, robust cob type salad with everything on it. Now, what typically almost all salad dressings, commercial salad dressings, are full of damaged fats. Um, so, what if if you are a little bit a little bit savvy in the kitchen? Um, oh, and by the way, we have a podcast coming up with a chef, don't we? Yeah, we do. I'm stoked yeah. for that one. Um, actually, I want to do ones in his kitchen. Like, I want to do a series awesome. in his kitchen because I love the kitchen. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my mom was actually a home ec major in college. And my mom is like straight up Betty Crocker. That girl cooks from scratch. Amazing. She's amazing. Maybe we need to have Nancy on a podcast sometime. Let's do it. That would yeah. be <laughs> I don't know. I may not get any words in if my mom's on the podcast. <laughs> but she would do great. She's a sweet soul. Um, so one of the things um, that I think we could do is even put in like a how-to um healthy salad dressing mm. recipe because the, the soybean oils, the vegetable oils, the canola oils are now again, I'm not trying to say take out of those to get out of this, but they're bad for you. Mm. Damaged fats stay in the body for three weeks before your body can get mm. rid of them. So what if we swapped? So not just an additional thing, but, and I, I know this is the addition episode, but what if we swapped? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is what if I swapped my commercial salad dressing, and by the way, there are some salad dressings that are out there that are um, like Primal, for example, they do a good yeah. job with their salad dressings, but most of them, even the healthy ones, you're gonna see soybean oil or canola oil mm -hmm. as you're in. So what if we swapped that? Now, what could you just add? So how about an avocado? 
How about, uh, and again, here's a swap, right? Instead of going to the grocery store and buying the, the, the commercially raised egg, we just talked about a local farm here. Uh, and by the way, if you're from the, the greater Minneapolis area, we have a hookup for a farm. Um, but if too many people learn about them, I won't be able to get stuff from there anymore. But <laughs> that's, that's okay. I'd love to support the farmers. Um, um, so, so we actually, let's just give them a plug, right? So we use the Zwieber family farm. They're down in Elko, Minnesota, just about... 15 miles or so south of the of the Twin Cities metro. Amazing people. Um, so, like, compare their egg from their chicken that gets to be free-range and do its thing uh, to a, a chicken egg that you get from a factory, factory farm, right? Very different. So there's an example of a swap, like a this for that swap. Um, so another example would be, like, when you're cooking things, like, like for example, we use coconut oil a lot of times, like if we're making like an omelet mm -hmm. or if we're sauteing vegetables, a good quality coconut oil is just another healthy fat that we can put in things. And then I would say if you're a butter user, and I'm pro-butter, like I'm all about having butter, I think it's a very healthy fat, uh, find like a, a grass-fed butter. Uh, Kerrygold is, is good. There's been some discrepancy on their marketing and <laughs> how real grass-fed they really are. Yeah. However, respectfully, it is better than the, the normal stuff you'd go and buy yeah. from your uh, you know local grocery store. So, um, and a lot of these things are people, things that people like, oh, you yeah. know, a lot of people think that eating healthy, like they have to give up, like I'm a, I'm a big savory type. Like I've, I have more of a savory taste bud than a sweet taste bud. So like when you have these healthy fats, man, that can really just dive into that savoriness component. So I would say the fats would be the other area that someone could really add into the, uh, into, into the diet. Okay. Okay, so let's go in. Let's go back to you were talking about water at first, mm -hmm. and you did say, um, and I'm not going to go back on this, but you, with the water filtration, you said, don't get too caught up in the minutia and all this stuff. But we get asked all the time, yeah. like if someone does want to take that leap into like Spend some good, money. maybe the good, better, best model. Okay. What, what's what would you say? Maybe good's the Brita filter, like just taking a step in the right direction. Sure. What's the better and the best? Oh, man. Okay, so that's a good question, and there are opinions in this world, right? I can imagine. So um, I, by the way, I, I, I have a good friend. His name's Gary Greenfield. He owns a company called, I think, Greenfield Water Systems or something like that. His his son, Ben Greenfield's a personal friend of mine. And, and Gary... Um, Gary has, so I'm, I'm going to give you Gary's opinions because I, okay. I Gary's has div, dove into this. So Gary would say that reverse osmosis is, uh, so number one, it's, it's a very clean version of water because there's literally nothing in it. Now, so I would say that, you know, Brita might be number one, reverse osmosis. So maybe Brita, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 bucks for a Brita filter or pitcher. Reverse osmosis, you know, you might be, if you can install it yourself, maybe a couple hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and so I understand that reverse osmosis takes everything out of the water, right. everything. And now what Gary would say, though, is that reverse osmosis is actually dead water. Mm -hmm. uh, dead meaning that it's not an energized molecule. Mm -hmm. Gary's kind of claim to fame with his research, and he actually does a lot of work with the agricultural world. So he uses this thing called a vortex. And uh, he actually has these vortexers on irrigation lines in farms. Wow. So he shows that, you know, field A, right right on the same section of land, had the same the same seed, the same fertilizer, the same everything, but it was its irrigation pivot had a vortexer. Section of field B, same seed, same fertilizer, same amount of irrigation, same amount of, of uh, precipitation, but the water was not vortexed. 
So long story short, what he talks about with this conversation of being vortexed is it's called structuring the water. Mm -hmm. So that H2O molecule becomes more bioavailable mm -hmm. than maybe just something flowing through those lines. Now, respectfully, I do not understand all of all of that. I think I actually have spoken to Gary. He'd love to be on our podcast and geek out with us. Uh, and I think he'd be a great person because... In my world, there's this huge um, group of people that love distilled water. Mm. So, and there's this distilling is like it's called steam distillation. So you you have your water that's filtered, and then you 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 boil it, and actually it's the steam that you collect. Um, and Gary would once again tell you, like reverse osmosis, that distilled water is not an alive or bioactive water. So, so um, my wife and I found that it was a good investment for us. So let me just give you a little conversation. So in the clinic here, which is where the studio is at, we have an under sink um, filtration and vortex unit from Greenfield Water Systems. And I think it was about $600. Okay. Um, and it, but it only does the water that goes to the little water spigot, and then we send it also to the fridge for the ice and the water in the fridge here. So those are the only three places that get that water. Now, in our house, my wife and I felt that it was a good investment to do. So we literally filter every drop of water in our house. Uh, the only water that does not get filtered is like our, 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 our lawn sprinkler. However, I do have a vortexer. Going back to that agricultural conversation, so my irrigation line has a vortexer on it, and um, and I will tell you that I have the greenest lawn uh, by great. a long shot. I am the envy of my neighbors, <laughs> but what they don't know is that a big part of it is I don't use the, all the chemicals that they do. I yeah. vortex the line that's that's that going out so there. Wild. So what we do have is this pretty sizable unit that filters every drop of water in our house and vortexes it, and then what we do with that. But in our in our um, kitchen, we have like one of those little like spigots. We have a remineralizer filter that puts healthy minerals back into wow. our water. By the way, just so you guys know, we do have a remineralizer on this filter here at the clinic also. So now for my whole house, we're looking. I think it was about forty five hundred dollars to do our entire house. But for me, man, I'm showering in that water. Uh, we're we're washing our clothes in that water. We're cooking with that water. Um, my, my kids are washing their faces with that water. So we felt it was a good investment for our house. So, so there's the deep dive. And um, like I said, we'll get Gary on the podcast and talk more about water because I really believe... what, what So what I didn't say on this was, oh, your tap water is just fine. Mm -hmm. Because it's not. Well, we have some... We actually... Uh, one of our clinicians here, uh, Laura Donna, put some, together some great research about all this. Um, there's a book called Non-Toxic Guide to Living Healthy in a Chemical World, um, and they get into it. They talk about what is in municipal water, and again... You can research it. Yeah. You, yeah, can, like, it, you can like put your zip code in and Just like, a quick oh. hit list here. Um, pharmaceutical and farming chemicals, bacteria, viruses, radionucleotides, microplastics, metals, fecal waste, and medication are all capable of ending up at public water treatment mm -hmm. plants in mm -hmm. the United States. So. Think about that, right? I just heard a statistic. I was just listening to a seminar before I came in today, and I heard that 250 pounds of chemicals per day per person are are introduced into the United States. Wow. That's got to be scary a little Disturbing. bit. Disturbing, yeah. Disturbing, right? So, um, and you have to think about, like, like chlorine and fluoride, 
well, chlorine at least, is in public water to kill things in the water. So it's it, that's good, but then you're ingesting them. By the way, you're a living thing, right? So it's probably not the best thing for you to have. Yeah. And then fluoride's a whole nother crazy conversation. I know that there's probably dentists that are listening to this right now that will just turn me off because yeah. they, they think I'm stupid. Um, I actually went rounds with one of my children's uh, dental hygienists a couple of months ago. She actually had the audacity to tell me that the tooth was made of fluoride. And I was like, oh, you skipped class that day. Um, but fluoride yeah. makes a tooth. So is there research that fluoride can can have some altercation of dental cavities? Yes. But how? That's the question. How? What it does, what fluoride does to a tooth. Please listen to me. What fluoride does to a tooth is it makes it hard but brittle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and by the way, if you have a little kid, look at their toothpaste. If you, if you give your kid fluoride toothpaste, look at it. It'll say, it'll say, um, if swallowed, contact poison control. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a little kid brush their teeth? <laughs> Half of it they swallow because yeah. fluoride is not known to be at that level, but yet we put it in our water supply. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, there's, there's many, many countries in the world that have outlawed fluoride. Mm-hmm. So just because we're the United States of America does not mean that we have the best information because unfortunately, and people are, I love what's happening in our world right now is because people's, the, the, the peels are being pulled back. Mm-hmm. People are starting to ask questions. They're starting to question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some of these things, when you actually understand, you're like, okay, like if that's the truth, then why are we doing this? Right. Yeah, totally. And uh, it's, so it's time to start being a little bit curious. Yeah. And the thing is, I would love to see more conversation. Um, I actually did some work with a, a toothpaste company um, before starting here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's crazy. There are alternatives to fluoride that, you know, one of our recent videos, for instance, um, quite a few commenters were saying, okay, fluoride's bad, but there's no alternative. Well, it's it's not true. There's okay. Hydroxyapatite, nanohydroxyapatite are these two ingredients in Amazing. major conversation, mm-hmm. studied to be uh, exactly equivalent with the effect of fluoride, and yet you never hear about them. But you know, there it is. So. Well, here's the thing, right? So, like for example, I use a toothpaste called Revitin, and mm-hmm. and you know, full disclosure, I'm one of the investors in the company. I know Dr. Kiratola, who's like the founder of the company, world-renowned dentist from New York City in the Hamptons area. Um, people just don't know about it. Yeah. But but does Revitin have the same marketing budget as Procter and Gamble? Of course not. Never yeah. ever. And the other thing is, it's funny because in the re- so for example, the people that don't like Revitin is because it doesn't give the mouth tingle. Yeah. That people yeah. are used to thinking that mouth they 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 would say that that mouth tingle makes me feel like my mouth is clean. Totally. Um, yeah. And there are some natural like we've used Tom's of Maine uh, fluoride free mm-hmm. stuff before, mm-hmm. but they are out there like you said. Uh, but that's the thing, like, we don't want to like just leave people hanging on this podcast. We're going to be like, okay, if not this, then this. And I think that's a, right. that's a legit question is like, totally. okay, like I hear you, but you can't leave me hanging here, man. Like, what do I do? What, what do I do for my family here? Yeah. Good question. Let's talk about adding movement into your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a term manageable movement. So first of all, can you explain right. what that means? And then What's an example of like a manageable movement I could add into my daily routine? That's a good question. And for everyone, it's going to be different. One of the comments that I love when, when, when I get on initial evaluations with patients in our clinic here, whether it's on Zoom or in person, they're like, um, and if you've seen some of my older TikTok, I usually like sit and walk. While I'm walking, I talk. And they're like, dude, that's cool that you go on a lot of walks. And it's also like pretty cool that you like aren't out of breath when you're, when you're, when you're trying to <laughs> yeah. talk. Um, I'm a large dude. I'm six foot three, 250 pounds. I'm an ex inside linebacker. 
So what I'm what I what I'm what I don't really care for is going for a run. Mm. It's not manageable for me. My knees hurt, my ankles hurt, my hips hurt. It's just not enjoyable at all. But I could go for a 15 mile walk right now, and I'd be like, that's so good. And it's not just the walk that I love. What what do I do when I walk? I do one of three things. Number one, I do nothing. And by the way, we can't discount what nothing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of my mentors says, if you can't spend 10 minutes with yourself by yourself, you got issues. And that's a whole nother podcast that we can talk about that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. The second thing is I love listening to books. I am not the type of guy that will typically sit down and read a book. Uh, I don't sit still very well. So if I can go for a walk and I typically listen at a book between 1.5 and 2.5 speed, and I can kill two birds with one stone. And then what I do when I walk is I have my notes app open on my phone. So if there's a a nugget in the book, I will pause the book and then like voice dictate a note into Mm -hmm. my app. So it's not like I don't have the ability to to dive into and Mm -hmm. cultivate some of the things inside Mm -hmm. of there. And then, and then the other thing is I w- when I would shoot TikTok videos, I would, I would do that. Okay, but what is manageable? You know, someone might say, did he just say a 15-mile walk? Like, that's crazy. What if, what if the walk, okay, manageable movement. We all move in some fashion, you know. So there can be, and there, I think movement, like we could kind of, we could um, put it into like two categories. Movement A could be like more of a cardiovascular movement. So that might be, I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, I'm gonna go take the dog for a walk. I love how people, when they get dogs, like the dog needs to go for a walk. I'm like, I'm sure glad the owner is taking the dog for a walk because the owner (laughs) needs to walk as well. So I think I like walking. I think there's something magical about walking. I think it's completely underrated. I think that people are like, oh, I just go for walks and it really doesn't do much. I'm like, no, seriously, like it is highly, highly beneficial. Mm -hmm. It's easy on your joints. You can carry on a conversation. You're not getting winded and you can lose weight walking. Mm -hmm. There's proof there. So I'm a walker. I like walking. I think walking is really good. Now, the other part might be like resistance with movement. Mm-hmm. Now, someone might say, oh, here, here, he's, here he goes. He's going to tell me to go get a gym membership. Uh, no. Um, you, actually, you actually gave a, uh, a course to our team yesterday, and it talked about like these about, um, James Clear and, and Atomic Habits, and you dove into Jocko Wilnick's work with Discipline Equals Freedom, and you talked about like creating a cue to, to have a response. So for example, here's just an example um, that I, I, um, I have done in the past. So uh, we, have, we have a big clinic here and I have an office in this clinic and there's many times that I'm in and out of my office throughout the day. So I have a cue that when I walk into my office, I drop and do 10 pushups. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my goal is to do 100 pushups a day, but what I cannot do respectfully is I cannot sit down and knock out 100 pushups at once. But what I know is that 10 good push-ups sprinkled out in 10 sets over eight hours is still highly beneficial. Mm-hmm. But my cue is when I walk through that door in my office, I know drop and give me 10. So um, because what I wanted to do is get stronger. So there's an example of how a cue can trigger the, oh yeah, I just, I just, I just walked in my office, time to do push-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people, it might be an air squat. Mm-hmm. Just simply get in a good squat position, come down to your legs level, come back up, do 10 of those. Someone might be like, dude, I can't even do a push-up. Mm-hmm. And I get that. A lot of people listening to this probably can't do a push-up. Right. Well, what if you leaned up against a wall and you stood and you pushed against the wall? You got to start someplace. Mm-hmm. The thing I also loved about what you talked about us was 
stringing days together. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll, we know that there's some apps available. We don't necessarily know what they are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw us under the bus and say in the show notes, we're going to find an app. Because what, what you said, and I actually have patients that even say, like I have a patient that says, I've done, I remember when he said, I've done 100 days straight of cold showers. And I was like, dude, wow. that's amazing. Yeah. My uncle just finished, he, he just hit day 1,000 of either riding, riding a bike in some fashion, whether on a trainer or on a road or on a trail. That's amazing. Yeah. So what our bodies like is parlaying win upon win. Uh, so for, you know, in the case of, of um, doing push-ups or maybe it's even uh, just, I, I went for a walk. I moved today. And then just define what movement is at least three minutes, at least 10 minutes, and then award yourself in, in a fashion of like, hey, I've done 34 days straight. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you spoke to this yesterday too. You're like, I don't want to break the streak. Yeah. Like the streak is alive and I don't want to break it. And I think there's something to that. I think, and I think again, what that does, that snowballs those wins together. And then the next thing you know is maybe that three minute walk turned into a 13 minute walk, which turned into a 30 minute walk. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh my gosh, knowing that you probably couldn't have started there, but you over time built up. Exactly. A lot of us have this mentality that if I can't do 45 minutes right away or I can't do it 100%, eh, screw it. Mm-hmm. And then they don't start. Exactly. Which is worse than start simple, snowball them together, and roll from there. So something with, with movement like cardio, like a walk, something with strength, resistance, like a push-up or a squat, um, start simple. And then, and but but don't, and also don't be like, well, all that I do is just, how defeating is mm. that? I hate mm. the word just. Mm. For example, um, we see a lot of females in our practice. And I've had, I've caught some women before saying, I'm just a housewife or I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You are not just in anything. Mm. And by the way, if you're a stay-at-home mom listening to this, you are amazing. You are a huge part of your house. I have a stay-at-home wife. You have a stay-at-home wife. We know that we can't do what we do or are able to do if they aren't doing that. Like I tell my wife, she's the CEO of the house. Like you run this ship. I have five kids. You have two kids with one on the way. And and that's a huge deal. So hopefully this is, so if you're listening to this again, if you're that mom, like you matter and you are a huge part of your family and, and don't let anybody, especially yourself, tell you that you are just in anything. So hopefully that lands for somebody. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the idea of a healthy home. So again, talking about addition here, mm-hmm. what can I, is there something I can do or buy or, you know, some routine I can add to my day that just makes my living environment a healthier place to live? I don't have the research in front of me, but another thing our clinician and researcher, Laura Donna, put together was just crazy statistics about how this is research, I believe, by the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just crazy statistics of how many disease processes and everything starts from a bad living environment or a hmm. toxic living environment. Interesting. I want to say it was something like 23% of all. Uh, you Don't fact check me on that. Maybe I have yeah. to put that one in yeah. the show notes or something. But yeah. it's a more than you'd think start from the home and the, the air quality and this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So what mm-hmm. can I do that kind of promotes a better living environment? What I That's a good question. Um there's also research, like, so let's just talk about the cleanliness of the home. There's also research that homes that are too clean 
create like this sterile environment. Holy I have man. friends that I mean I grew up in ranching country, but I didn't I didn't grow up on a ranch. But my friends that grew up on ranches had like no allergies. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is there was like cow poop and horse poop in the air all the time and they became very resilient. So and the, and there's and there are some things that are pointed to too sterile of an environment. Mm-hmm. So there is a happy medium, I would say, inside of that. Um, so I think air, I think there is something to air quality. You know, we talk a lot in this practice about mycotoxins and mycotoxin illness. So the first thing, like, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred bucks if there's any water damage in your space. If there's anything that would um, have, like, if if there's if there's a leaky pipe, if there's if there's a window that's not put on right, if there's anything that has allowed the environment for mold or mildew to grow, I don't care what else you're doing in your house, you gotta take take advantage of that. It's a it's a huge deal, and we had a, a but so if you need to listen to, I did a whole series of podcasts with with a with a mold expert, and he said it's your intuition that would make you think that you should probably go get it tested. Mm-hmm. So so that would be number one. Um, you know. Um, we do, you know, it's, it, but, it, but so there's that balance, right, of way too clean and this place looks like a horse pasture, right? So it's, so it's just that conversation of even, um, you know, one of the things I think, and I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, you, we talked about Febreze and, you know, things that have fragrances. I think that's one thing that people don't know enough about. These things are called endocrine disruptors. The term is called a phyto estrogen or a xenoestrogen. Phyto means fake and xeno means it can alter the estrogenic component. And by the way, if you're a guy or a girl, I think that's everyone listening to this podcast, estrogen at the right balance is amazing for us. But when estrogen gets thrown off, it is bad stuff. So so I would say um, let's look at what we're doing to the air. So number one, are just simple like like filter filtration. You know, are you going in and just looking at your filters of your of your furnace? Mm. How often are you replacing them? And so, and there's a healthy balance of that as well because if you're putting these monster, amazing filters, it actually is really hard on your furnace because your furnace is trying to suck air through this like thing that's not letting air through. But also, I've I've known people that just like ah, oh, we just take the filter out. And I was like, well, there's a there's a role for that filter. So I would be, you know, we're probably quarterly in our house, and also people are monthly. Uh, we have a we keep our house pretty clean, so it's not like we uh, and we don't li- we live in the city. We don't live out in the country where there's things around. So I would do that. I would look at I would look at your your laundry detergents. Mm-hmm. Um, big no nos, fabric softeners. Do not use fabric softeners. Those things. I mean, I, I can smell those things from a mile away. <laughs> um, and I get that they make your fabric soft. However, there are some pretty nasty chemicals inside of those components. Um, also, like laundry sheets, got to be careful of those because there's a lot of perfumes in the laundry sheets as well. Staying on the on the tune of of cleaning things, go down to your kitchen, look at look at dishwasher detergent, look at soaps that you might be using. Um, gosh, we could go to the beauty the beauty cabinet. Um, it's somewhere like the average woman puts on like what four to six hundred chemicals a day on their face. So now we're looking at lotions and cosmetics, makeups, perfumes, huge components there. And I mean, this list could go on and on. And I'm just trying to think of some of the things that we're doing in our house that we, um, that we're trying to be mindful of. Uh, and there's a, a pile of things, you know, we can talk more about indoor air quality because I think that's going to be important to talk about. Um, 
I think especially where you sleep. Like we, I mean, I, I spend the most time in my house in bed because I sleep there every single night. So what is that environment? What does that environment look like? What is the air quality in your bedroom? I had, I had a new patient yesterday from New Jersey, and she said, every single morning when I wake up, I am plugged. Mm-hmm. However, if I go to other areas of the house, I'm not as plugged. And I'm like, is there something in your bedroom mm-hmm. that could be getting? Is there a bad window? Is there is there something? And she even she even had a hunch. Because remember I talked about intuition. She had a hunch of, she's like, you know, I, I save all these Amazon boxes in my closet. I wonder if, and I was like, first place to check. Go figure that out. So yeah, those are some things to do in the house. So with that said, let's let's take a little break and let's uh, let's transition, uh, jump to a little commercial, and continue on. Hi everyone, I'm Ben, one of Dr. Greg's producers. Thanks for tuning into the Daily Dose with Dr. Greg. We appreciate every single one of our listeners, and we know that our audience is expanding all over the world. If you are interested in working with Dr. Greg and Vitae Clinic, all you have to do is click the link in this episode's show notes. Also, we want to bring people as much value as possible, so I have a favor to ask. If you found value in this podcast, please, please share it with your friends and family. Sharing goes a long way, and we appreciate it. All that said, let's jump back into the conversation with Eric and Dr. Greg. Talk to me about your coffee. I know you're a coffee snob. You're kind of the ultimate. I, no one dares to come into this clinic with a Starbucks in hand <laughs> or a caribou. But it's uh, funny that you say uh, that. tell me about your coffee. I know you use a very specific brand that yeah. some of our listeners are already familiar with. Right. But give us that and the why. But also, give me a little more specific. What what's your roast? What's your what do you put in your coffee? Okay. So funny story. So this morning. I met with a friend at a commercial coffee shop, Starbucks, and I and I got a uh, a, a blonde um, americano, and I, I was I was so I was on this little table, and I had shifted my laptop, and I literally dumped oh, no. an entire americano <laughs> on the ground everywhere, and he's like, "Oh, I can go get you another coffee," and I was like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like this coffee anyway. I just figured if I'm going to come here and use their table, yeah. I kind of gave my four and a half dollar, you know, contribution. So that's just a funny story from this morning. Um, so, okay. I, I do like coffee. And, and for me, coffee, I really don't need the caffeine. I'm highly driven. I don't need the, I don't need like, oh, I, life doesn't continue until I have my whatever caffeine. The story I've told, and I, and I think, it, and actually I love when my parents come and visit me. Um, my parents are workers, like probably workaholic workers. So growing up, one of the only times when I think of my childhood, some of the only times I'd ever see my dad sit down and chill would be to sip a cup of coffee. And I actually like my coffee really hot because you can't chug hot coffee. True. So part of me, it's a very psychosomatic thing that says sit down, mm. chill, don't chug, enjoy and um, so with that being said, understanding, so we did, a, we did a video like what, last winter, and it was just like, hey guys, we know that coffee beans are one of the most common moldy substances in the world, what like 60 some percent of Americans drink coffee, um, I probably dumped moldy coffee on the ground at the coffee shop this morning, <laughs> whatever, and, and who's out there, right? So who, who do you know, so we talked to our hundreds of thousands of listeners, who's out there that we should know about? And uh, Holy Toledo, did we get some responses, right? Yeah. And 
respectfully, one of the overriding themes was this company called LifeBoost, right? Like you guys need to learn about LifeBoost. You, you got you to try them. So we just like shot them a, a, hey, what's up? And it turned into this amazing relationship. So um, I, got, I got on a call early on um, with the owner of the company and heard about what they do and how they do it. Not only do they do they roast a really good coffee bean, or you start by growing it. So they number one, they work with families in Central America, and they support these families uh, to the point where um, there's even like schools for the workers' kids, which I'm I'm all over that. I think that's amazing. And then they and then not only that, they test the coffee for over 400 different chemicals, mold, glyphosate. So. So then this stuff is 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 uh, very clean and pure. Well, that's great, but it has to taste good, right? So they do single origin, which all that bean came from the same place. They have a, a proprietary roasting process. Um, they have, it's very low acid. So when they sent us some stuff, I was like, okay, this is amazing. And you're a coffee guy too. And you're like, oh, yeah. all right, all right, we're up to something. And that just started a great relationship. And and I'll tell you what, I mean, it's it's you get what you pay for with most things in life. And, and the coffee is not cheap. However, it's also not crazy expensive. There are some other brands that we looked at. We're like, whoa, like, holy Toledo. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I prior to Life Boost, I was a light roast guy. So, for example, you heard me order a blonde Americano at because I, I, don't, I despise over-roasted bean. To me, it has a burnt flavor to it. Um, so so I, I started with their light roast. And I was like, it's almost too light. Mm -hmm. So now I actually drink the dark roast, but it's the only dark roast that I'll ever drink. If I go to a restaurant or like my parents love like really dark roast coffee, oh, it is so bitter. <laughs> it is so acidic. Um, so I actually do enjoy, I'll, I'll drink coffee in about three different ways. Uh, so uh, by far and away, the most common way that I'll drink it is just black. Um, the second way, depends on kind of what I'm doing dietarily, is I will add either butter or C8 MCT oil or organic heavy cream. And then I also will add like a English toffee flavored stevia drop and put that in my coffee and, and blend it up and sip that. And I also don't mind a cold brew. Uh, actually, Life Boost makes a really good cold brew option. Uh, if, and and I, I actually learned about cold brew when we lived in Hawaii. So I would go to the coffee shop and be like, do you want it hot or cold? And I was like, cold coffee? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but the reality, it's like 85 degrees in Hawaii, and it's hot, and it's humid. So what what I found is that there's times that actually cold brew can be very, very refreshing. Mm. Um, so if I do a cold brew, I'll actually put the heavy cream and this the MCT oil and the stevia in my cup first. And then I take like one of those handheld blenders, and I'll froth the cream. So it's almost like whipped cream. And mm. then I pour the cold brew on top of that, and I don't know, it's just got a just a wow. unique little taste to it. So that's the three ways that I'll consume uh, a dark roast life boost coffee. There you I have it. I love that. And by the way, we would totally promote, we love Life Boost so much here, I think we'd promote them without the affiliate link, but we right. do have one. Okay. So I gotta, I mean, we'd be remiss not to tell people they can get, I think it's like 50% off using that's your amazing. link coffeewithdoc.com, D-O-C. So Yeah, so just go to coffeewithdoc.com and they can take advantage of that. It'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, so moving on from coffee, even though I, I could talk about coffee all day. I love it. It's but, good stuff. But uh, let's go, what's the scoop with saunas? So mm. 
it's it's kind of I bring it up because it's it's trendy right now. Okay. And I mean, you you've I I'll spoil it a little bit. I know you've been on board with a very specific mm-hmm. kind of sauna right. usage since before it was trendy, but now we're kind of seeing it become yeah. like this hyped up thing. Right. So, what's the reality behind that? Man, how deep do I go here, right? So, <laughs> okay, so I use the company that I use, Therasage, um, because number one, I know Robbie and Bezzy, uh, Robbie and Bezzy, <laughs> Robbie and Melody Besner, the owners of the company, uh, and Robbie is—he's a researcher, he's a scientist. Um, they have done research on their products. They their sauna has middle, near, and far infrared therapy. They also use red light therapy in their saunas. And more importantly, and I think a lot of companies use middle, near, far, maybe use red light. A lot of other companies, and this was kind of my selling feature, uh, kind of what like sealed the deal for me, is Robbie is like, I dare you to take a Gauss meter into our competitors' devices. So what a Gauss meter is, is this thing that measures uh, EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies. And um, essentially, he's like, ours, we shield ours to a way that you are essentially receiving next to no EMFs mm-hmm. inside of our unit. And he said, some of those other ones, you are literally enveloping yourself in an electromagnetic blanket. Oof. So that's not so great. <laughs> Um, another reason why we like Therasage is their customer service. Uh, we have a patient actually um, who lives here. He's from New Zealand, and he travels with his. He's a he's a construction worker, so he has one for his house, and then he has one for his truck that he travels with. And um, he had some issues, and he, he he directly contacted the company, and they took care of him. And I mean, customer service means a lot. We 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 know we have probably an affiliate link or we sell them, but we do not service them. Right. So it's nice to have that aspect. The other thing that I like about some of the offers that they do. So in our house, we have a full Therasage 360 sauna. And then we also have two other devices that they make. We have a heating pad, which is essentially a chunk of the sauna mm. without you having to go inside. So the sauna, I mean, I like a hot sauna. I sweat, I sweat buckets inside of the sauna. Well, that's, that takes some preparation. It takes some, I'm like, okay, how are we going to do this? What's my timing of doing this? I have to go jump in the shower right afterwards. Um, but they also make a heating pad. And a heating pad is something like, like um, last night we were watching football on TV, and my wife had the heating pad over her, over like her liver abdomen area. She, she, you don't necessarily sweat, um, and you can do it while you've got your street clothes on a roll. Our dog loves the heating pad. She'll That's she amazing. will bury herself. She's just a little six pounder, little six pound Yorkie. She will bury herself under if someone has the heating pad on. She <laughs> loves the heat, but just what if she was intuitive enough to go like this? Infrared therapy is good for me, as a little puppy. So we have that, and then we the red light panels in the saunas. People, and if you own a Therasage sauna, you may not know this. You can actually take those out of the sauna, and then Therasage sells a cord like a twelve or fifteen foot cord that plugs into like just like a USB outlet and then you can have a red light panel. Mm. Um, so for example, there's research with red light with hair loss, with acne, or you can just put red light over your organs and it can act as a standalone device as mm. well. So, and because it works with the USB, you could even put it in your vehicle and you could wow. rock out the, the red light from that standpoint. So I am a fan. Um, it's a huge part of our deep dive journey that we do here at the clinic. You know, your liver function, your drainage pathways, the sauna, it helps It helps with liver, it helps sweat, it helps just things dump from that standpoint. Um, 
and if people are vain listening to this, they actually did research that shows that I think it's 20 minutes at 150 degrees in the sauna burns 500 calories. So great. That's pretty clutch, right? So, so if you're looking for a little weight loss hack. Yeah. And the thing that I also love about their saunas compared to like the big fully enclosed one is that your head sticks out of the top. Why that's important is a couple reasons. Number one, your head is not designed to take on heat. Um, so if you're in a traditional sauna, the hottest part of your body, thanks to thermodynamics, heat rises, is your head. I do not recommend doing handstands in saunas. Um, so what happens then with a therisage is we can actually take the heat quite a bit higher because the head sticks out of the top. So that's important to know as well. And they are a single person sauna. Um, I, so one of the things that people may not know is I travel with the Olympic wrestling team for some time and the wrestlers would traditionally go in these big group saunas and sweat, you know, like 20 guys in one room all sweating together, but understand you detox in a sauna. So do you really want to breathe in someone else's, you know, stuff? Also, if you're in the sauna by yourself, that little sweaty butt spot to your to your right, like that's effervescing as well. So just not to gross you out, but think about it a little bit. And yes, multiple people use the infrared sauna in our house. We just clean it out with, with like an essential oil type cleaner each time. And you, we put towels over the chair. Um, so we don't, not, not every person in our house has their own sauna. We share the sauna, but, but only one person can be in at a time. So I am a fan of saunas. Um, and they're, and, and, and re, in respect to, like, we just, um, on this episode, we talked about a $4,000 water filter, right? So a sauna is like, I don't know, eleven twelve hundred dollars for a sauna. Um, though you don't have to use a sauna to get well. Mm. It's a tool. And if it works in your budget, I would say pull the trigger. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Great. So... Anyone who's listened to this podcast or followed you on social media long enough knows that you're a big test, don't guess guy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of your motto here. Um, I would also add to that and say you're really not a this for that supplement guy either. Like, There's all these products out here. They are beneficial in different ways, but we don't this for that people. And I've I've joked on this podcast before, we could really sell a a lot of supplements if you could get behind one of these magic cures out there. But... All this aside, maybe the answer is no, there is not. Mm -hmm. But uh, without prescribing, without recommending, is there anything, generally speaking, Mm -hmm. the average person, or let's just say the majority or significant amount of people could benefit from Mm -hmm. supplement-wise, just broadly speaking? That's a really good question. And how I would answer that is I would say success leaves clues. I don't know how many labs I'm deep into the laboratory reading world. I bet I'm north of 100,000. So the question, what you're really asking is, hey, if someone chooses not to run labs and we had to make a couple guesses, I'd rather test, but if we had to guess the top two things that I see on labs, number one, low vitamin D. Mm. Number two, low vitamin B12, oddly enough. Now, what I'm not saying is run out and take vitamin D and B12. The question first off has to be, let's talk a little bit about that. So vitamin D as was misnamed. Whoever named that sucker <laughs> screwed it up. Vitamin D is actually a hormone. Okay, so if, if your vitamin D is low, which I mean, I rarely see even, even adequate or never, I rarely ever see optimal levels of vitamin D in a person's blood panel. Wow. By the way, optimal is between 80 and 100. Um, so, and I also use one product. So we use a product called DV3. Um, and it's, I've used that alone. I actually just took mine this morning. It's, it's because a good vitamin D product on, from a vitamin shelf will have one ingredient, D3. A better vitamin D product will have two ingredients, D3 and K2. 
the DV3 has 21 ingredients. So it has the cofactors that go in. Now, let me speak a little bit more in depthly with vitamin B12. What is B12? There's this thing called pernicious anemia. We know that B12 is used in some of the energetic like Krebs cycle conversations. So if, if vitamin B12 is low, instead of doing the this for that, the first question I have to ask is, why is your vitamin D low? Well, if there's something going on in your system that's using a lot of cellular energy, it would make sense that vitamin B12 is low. Mm. So the first thing we have to kind of look around and go, all right, is there something that is gobbling up energy here? Physical stress, emotional stress, toxicity, infection. And then if that's the case, well then just taking vitamin D is like putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. It really doesn't fix anything. So if you're that person or you've had vitamin B12, and, and the ranges are crazy. The medical range, the, the medical lab, uh, like like so like 235 to 1240 or something like that is the range. I always tell people like, who can't jump into that lake? What I've found is that typically people feel best when it's in that like 1200 to 1500 range. That's when they feel best. The other lab that correlates very, very strongly with vitamin B12 is homocysteine mm. and homocysteine we want that six or less um the lab that we use says nine or less is the range but six or less and if you have low b12 you're almost guaranteed to have low ho or elevated homocysteine and elevated homocysteine is linked to some crazy stuff like it is an inflammatory marker it impacts the heart it impacts the liver. There's even conversation of, of mental emotional ramifications of elevated homocysteine. And man, that is the canary in the coal mine with so many things. So now, and it's funny that you say that because I actually, because we put together protocols for our patients based upon lab work. I, so I even said to my one of my one of our clinicians yesterday, I'm like, man, I should I wish that I could have one capsule that has DV3 plus we, we use a product called Moors in this practice, MORS, I like it. I said it'd be nice if we could put both of those into one capsule. We could get like two birds with one stone mm -hmm. because it is by far and away the top two things that I see that are necessary based upon labs. So so that's from a laboratory standpoint, that's what we're seeing here. Okay. Let's uh, let's speak to, this is a question that comes up a lot. So speak to parents for a minute. Again, we'll have to speak generally because we can't possibly know personal right. cases, but what's one thing parents can do to foster just better health for their kids? Mm. Man, that's a good question. So uh, my wife and I have five kids and our kids range from 18 down to five. So we go 18, 15, 12, eight and five and um even my kids don't always love healthy food <laughs> or healthy choices okay this is a good question here's what and by the way this is my wife so again if you're that stay-at-home mom um this is my wife's thing that she figured out um a lot of times as parents we think of parenting and we want to um you know discipline Sometimes tox is a, a bad thing. Like if you do something wrong, I'm going to discipline you. However, discipline can also even be encouraging good things. Mm -hmm. So we do commissions in our house where our kids um, have tasks and we reward those tasks. And the reality is it's not that I don't think that's a bad thing because if you do a bunch of wrong things, it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. So why not teach mm -hmm. your kids that if you're doing good things, you can be rewarded. So what we actually do is we, we have um, healthy lifestyle things.
for our kids. For example, tell me three things you're grateful for. We incentivize for that. Did you take your vitamins today? We incentivize for that. Isn't that interesting? So, so instead of being like, hey, I'm going to discipline you when you do something wrong. No, we're going to incentivize you doing the things that are right. Interesting. So what I would do if you're a parent and, and this, you know, now does, does my 15 year old need to be paid to take his vitamins? No, dude, Jaden, take your vitamins. <laughs> um, though for him, um, I have paid my older kids to read books mm. and have a, and create a report for me. Uh, and my Jaden loves to listen. So he loves listening to like Richard Branson stuff, and he listened to to, to Shoe Dog, the the story about oh, Nike, yeah. and he's into that stuff. So um, why not incentivize those things? Why not cultivate the good instead of um, you know reprimand the bad? So I would I would I would dangle a carrot for kids. Like respectfully, we're all commission based employees in some fashion, and if you're like, no, I'm hourly, well. Stop doing your job for a while and, and see how it works for you, right? So yeah. I think that um, I think set up a thing where you're like, hey, this is such a big deal that we're actually going to positively. And it doesn't mean that you have to pay them money. Like it might be something that's more appropriate for your family. Um, but also don't let your love for your child be dictated based upon whether they do that thing or not. Like love is love. Love is love is I love you regardless of how you act. And also acceptance. Like I, I believe, and I, and I love my parents. I, I believed that my acceptance was based upon my accomplishments. Mm. How, how many football awards did I have? How many basketball awards did I have? How good was I in the eyes of my parents? I, that, that is how I judged my, how good is Greg? So I think it's also to um, make sure that we're careful that they're doing or not doing is not how your child is um, internalizing their acceptance inside of that. So, yeah, so find something that's age appropriate and and encourage them and make it fun. And then you got to stick to your guns. Like if they don't do it, then they don't get the reward. Right. I, as nicely as I can say this, I am not a participation trophy family. We don't do that in our house. Like like first place is first place. And, and if you participated, I hope you gave it your best, but you don't deserve anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you have to earn, not be given things. And, and we are, we're, my, my wife was a two sport college athlete. Um, so we're, we're, we're drivers inside of that. Yet we're, we are truly doing our very best to create children that will someday be husbands and wives and moms and dads and, and managers and coworkers and, and makers inside of this society as opposed to takers. And we take that super seriously. I love that. So here's a fun one. Uh, when you travel, do you have any must-have things that you bring with you? Let's just say beyond the typical. So mm. beyond the clothes and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, my sleep mask. Really? I okay. do not sleep without a sleep mask. Ever. I have a, I, So I, I use this thing. Maybe we can put a link to this in the show notes. I have a sleep master sleep mask. Uh, a friend of mine was the team doctor for the U.S. water polo team. And I don't know if they got sponsored by them, but he's like, hey, you should try it. It's great. It's nice and soft. You can wash it. Every single night, hands down, I have a, regardless of where I sleep, I wear a sleep mask. Um, that may not be what people expected to hear no. inside of this. No. Um, I actually typically don't travel with supplements. Um, we don't spend... A, now, if we're going to go away for like a couple weeks, then I will bring kind of like my, my little remedy kit. 
Like I'll bring binders, I'll bring some liver support, I'll bring some antivirals, some antibacterials. Um, but when we travel, man, I got my sleep mask with me. I love that. My wife, Brooke, is actually known for being the person in the hotel room who finds every light source in the room and blocks it off methodically. So maybe the sleep mask is a better option. Fix it all with one felt swoop. (laughs) Like even like rolling the towel up because the light from the hallway comes into the room. But yeah, yeah, a sleep mask. But however, I mean, she's a mom, right? She's she's that mother that's, she's not just for herself. She's like, yeah, but my kids don't wear sleep masks. So if I block that light, then I protect the babies. Um, They think different than us, don't they? They do, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I've got one last question for yeah. you here. What are your, and you already did a few of these earlier, to be fair, but what are some of your favorite low-cost swaps that people can make for better health? So yeah. you already went with, like, some of the healthy fats swapping in and yep. out, but what else is yep. there? Eggs. Um, free-range eggs. Um, and, and, and not cage-free because there's a whole definition of cage-free versus free-range. So free-range eggs, uh, I would say, we talked about the fats, you know, swapping good fats for bad fats, deodorants, unquestionably from that standpoint. Um, Toothpaste is another one. Um, Laundry detergent, soaps, dishwasher detergent. Um, Other swaps, this for that stuff. Let me think here. Cooking, cooking, um, cookware. So a lot of people have aluminum-based cookware or Teflon cookware. So once you, once you new, by the way, if those have a scratch in them, it's typically aluminum. That is the metal underneath the Teflon. Uh, by the way, aluminum is why I'm telling you not to have antiperspirant. Okay, so maybe shifting towards stainless steel or cast iron. I'm a big Le Creuset and Staub fan. Oh, yeah. um, I love their, I love the cooking with their stuff. Um, but yeah, I think those would be some good places to start. Cool. And interestingly, maybe you know of more of them, but I know for sure uh, a lot of people have left comments along the lines of like, how on earth are you supposed to keep track of good versus bad? There are some apps that are helpful. Like I know EWG has an app. Right, the Environmental Working Group. Um, yeah. I forget which others, but there's other apps out there that are kind of barcode scanner type mm-hmm. deals. And there's definitely you... ones for, my wife uses, I don't remember what it is, but one for like makeup and and yes. uh, care care products yeah. and there's like she's like they, they rank them mm-hmm. just familiarize yourself you don't have to memorize these things just exactly. be resourceful right mm-hmm. good stuff exactly well that's all i have Whew, for you. there we go all right guys thank you for listening oh remember we talked about db3 on this podcast so if wherever you listen to this podcast leave us a five-star review every time there's a, a podcast and you leave a review you're going to go into a drawing and i'm going to give away a bottle of dv3 my go-to vitamin d product uh, let us bless you with that a, li- a little a little um you do this for me i'll do this for you kind of a standpoint we really appreciate that we exist to empower people. We exist so that you can be like, oh my gosh, thank you. You are my go-to health source. So share this, like us, uh, tell your friends about it. It really truly means a lot to us. So Eric, always a fun uh, opportunity to, to chat with you back and forth and stay tuned for our next episode.